And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. That we can, and so help us God, we will make America great again. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the No Gimmicks Podcast. I'm your humble host, as always, Brady Leonard. Hopefully you guys had a fantastic weekend. Um, Yeah, big show today. Uh, A ton to get to today. I was joined by my friend Alex Sears. Uh, We talked about uh, the uh, gun-grabbing Democrats. And, uh, uh, oddly enough, the gun-grabbing Republicans are all out at the same time. We talked about the uh, maybe suicide of pedophile Jeffrey Epstein. A um, lot to break down there. And we talked about these uh, crazy protests going on in Hong Kong right now. Um, yeah, a lot to get to. Um, before I get to Alec, though, I need to say hi to our sponsors over at Surly Beard Oil. Guys, do you have a beard? If not, why? Why, why are you such a jackass, man? If you're an adult, if you're over the age of 18, grow a beard. Why? Because you're a man. That's what men do. Men do men's stuff. Grow a beard. Be somebody. I mean, look, I, you look terrible. You look absolutely terrible. You would look way better if you had a beard. Trust me, I look ridiculous without a beard. That's why I grew one. And maybe you're like, hey, man, when I grow a beard, it doesn't look very good. That's because you're not using beard oil or you're using really crappy beard oil. That's why you need Surly Beard Oil. It is literally the best beard oil on the market. It's fantastic. I'm using it right now. It is is amazing. Um, They have three different scents. They all smell great. They feel great. Seriously, it'll, it'll take your beard game up. 10 points immediately. It is great stuff. Check them out over at surlybeard.com. That is surlybeard.com. And you can follow them on Twitter at surlybeardoil. Trust me, you won't regret it. You will love this stuff. I love it. You'll love it too. Surlybeard.com. And guys, if you want to support the show, if you want to get involved and be a part of the team, you can check us out over on Patreon, patreon.com slash the No Gimmicks Podcast. You can support us monthly over there, and there's cool incentives if you choose to do so. And if you haven't already, guys, please follow us on Twitter at No Gimmicks Pod, and please subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play. If you're on iTunes, please give us a five-star rating and a good review. I'd really appreciate that. All right. Without further ado, here is my chat with Alex Sears. <laughs> All right, guys, we're here with Alex Sears. Alec, thanks so much for taking the time, my brother. Very excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So, uh, as always, we have a ton, a ton of stuff to cover. We'll get to as much of it as we possibly can. Um, the big news of the day, obviously, is that over the weekend, Jeffrey Epstein, the billionaire and accused pedophile and sex trafficker, uh, apparently killed himself in prison. Um, Epstein attempted suicide two weeks ago and was placed on 24-hour a day suicide watch um, and then was taken off suicide watch uh, last week uh, for absolutely no reason. And he killed himself, uh, I believe what was that Saturday morning. So how the hell can this, how does this happen? I mean, this is, this is absolutely asinine that this was allowed to happen. It's a huge miscarriage of justice. Alec, how the hell did this happen? Uh, Honestly, I don't know. And that's kind of the problem that, has arisen because people can't really explain how this happened so obviously the logical conclusion was that it's a conspiracy yeah either the guards were in on it somebody facilitated it somebody got into the prison like epstein like was made an offer that he couldn't refuse something like that and 
both the left and the right immediately jumped on this over the weekend. There was no, like, too soon. The too soon rules were thrown out the window. And I'm while a lot of it was, you know, some quality, you know, comedy memes, because, you know, honestly, I feel like joking about, you know, someone as horrific and a horrible person as Jeffrey Epstein, you know, his, his untimely death uh, before justice was able to be carried out. I feel like, you know, joking about that, not not really gonna hurt you that much you know in the moral points because he's just the worst kind of person preying on on young women and and you know throwing money around and all this crazy stuff however i will say i am personally a little bit suspicious around the circumstances of his death mainly because a few years ago when we saw the release of what's called the panama papers the journalist blogger who released all those was uh uh, exposed this huge network of corruption uh, of the wealthy and rich in Manila storing their wealth in offshore accounts. It was a tax dodge and a huge scandal. She was murdered in a car bomb like months later right? after the story released. So it is not, you know, beyond the pale to think that, you know, some huge deep dark like billionaire, millionaire may have just, you know, Ordered a hit out on Epstein. Like I don't, I don't see why that's such a crazy thing to suggest when you know stuff like that definitely happens. And and the people who are going to be you know responsible for that are people we haven't heard of. It's not going to be Hillary Clinton. It's not going to be you know Bill Barr. It's going to be the folks that want to keep hidden from public sight and the ones you will never hear about. Right. And yeah, like you said, it's not. You're not a conspiracy theorist for saying something is <laughs> there was something going on here uh, aside from mm-hmm. uh, it, it, at least it seems to me like there is something going on here aside from just a simple prison suicide. Um, like he he was removed from from suicide watch a week ago by his lawyer's request. Why would a judge uh, allow that? I mean, this he's the highest profile inmate in America maybe in the world <laughs> right now and uh who uh, who legitimately attempted suicide 2 weeks ago you know it's it it's mind-boggling that he would be taken off suicide watch and and like you said there's a lot of people that would like to see this man dead um you know obviously you know he he was close with Bill Clinton back in the day and stuff like that no i'm not saying Hillary Clinton you know, or Bill Clinton killed Jeffrey Epstein, but uh, there's a lot of people, and he was gonna flip, man. He was gonna sing like a bird, you know, probably to, oh, a, you know, to to get a lesson sentence or something like that. There's a lot of people, a lot of politicians, presumably a lot of billionaires, a lot of powerful people, uh, <laughs> that probably would have been named in his testimony. So. I don't know, man. I like uh, people are like, "Oh, it's a suicide. Nothing to see here. Move on." I don't know, man. That seems crazy. And look, like I'm not a conspiracy theory guy. Like I hate Alex Jones. I hate all that shit. But ever, you know, every now and again, a conspiracy theory is proven true. <laughs> you know, when documents are unclassified, like for instance, like I believe it was 1961, it was actually proven that the Pentagon did plan a false flag bombing of an aircraft in Miami. Then they were going to try to pin it on Cuba to try to get JFK to attack Cuba. Right. Like that did happen. Like that was, that wasn't a conspiracy theory that actually happened. Obviously JFK didn't go through with it, but the fact that every now and again, just by the law of average, (laughs) one of these conspiracy theories uh, proves to be true. 
you know, it, it makes you think, especially for somebody like me that has absolutely no trust in our institutions. Oh, yeah, absolutely. No trust in the institutions at all after this. I mean, this is a huge failure of, you know, the New York City, New York State, the federal government, federal prisons, MCC needs to have like a ridiculous like oversight overhaul program after this. Uh, the fact that that Epstein is now dead and justice cannot be delivered. And also we cannot, as a public, find out more about the kind of things he was into, the kind of people he was dealing with. It's absolutely ridiculous. And I'm also, you know, not really one for conspiracy theories, but, and, and Alex Jones is a whack job. Alex Jones is going to be making millions off of this story for years to come because of how wild and easily it is to like quickly jump to like, Oh, obviously, you know, somebody had this guy knocked off. It, it does make me happy. It does make me smile a little bit that it is clear um, from everybody's reaction on both sides of the aisle that Americans are losing trust in their government. In my eyes, that's a big win. <laughs> Obviously I don't trust the government at all. Nobody should trust the state. So uh, just seeing that people don't trust these institutions is actually encouraging to me in a weird way. But, man, I'll tell you what. I mentioned this before we started recording. I was really excited to talk about this stuff over the weekend, but I was so burned out by Twitter. And I think that the biggest thing that burned me out of all these, like, hilarious conspiracy theories and memes and stuff is that the Democrats, who have absolutely no sense of humor, were just, like, fact-checking memes. I, f- I forget the woman's name, but she's, uh-huh. a, she's a reporter over at BuzzFeed. And she, <laughs> she was crusading across the Twitterverse uh, you know, quote tweeting memes and saying, don't fall for the fake news. Hillary Clinton didn't actually break into a prison in New York and murder Jeffrey Epstein. We're like, yeah, I, I got it. <laughs> I get that. I get that. It's a, is this the first joke you've ever seen on the internet before? Is this the first <laughs> meme you've ever seen? It's like, this is why we can't have nice things, man. Like, I, I can't stand that the Democrats can't laugh along with us when these things happen. Yeah, honestly, I, it's surprising. And, I mean, you know, days like like Sunday are why you have a Twitter, right? It's for the incredible memes that are coming out, rolling out because of, you know, Epstein. Uh, they were just phenomenal. I saw dozens and dozens. Everybody was in on it. Even like, you know, high high ranking like pundits were getting in on the fun. And also, I mean, there's, you know, part of the fun was that, you know, there's a little bit of plausibility behind it of of, you know, the conspiracy in general, not that Hillary or Trump or anybody else had, had that we know that had Jeffrey Epstein knocked off or anything like that. But it was it was a fun day, got some quality content out of it. And you're right, the Democrats and the, the liberal media activists just have to go in and, and ruin all the fun. And uh, I think I think Twitter was aiding and abetting a little bit because early in the day, there was, you know, there's a dueling hashtag going Clinton, hashtag Clinton body count, hashtag Trump body count. And then if, you know, you went past and checked, you know, half an hour, an hour later, suddenly the hashtag Clinton body count, you know, wasn't trending anymore, despite the hashtag being used equally as much as, as the hashtag Trump body count by, by using, you know, outside, um, you know, trending metrics, not Twitters. So. Well, and like the the Trump body count thing. Well, one, you're absolutely right. I think it's hilarious, too, that like the left, you know, Twitter included, they're still on full blown protect the Clintons mode, which is weird because Mm -hmm. like the Clintons aren't even useful to them anymore. I mean, they're done. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like Bill Clinton's been discredited. I mean, he's like 
you know, he's, you know, leftists view him as, you know, to the right of Hitler at this point. And then Hillary Clinton is obviously of no use to them either. So it's so weird that they have to run interference for the Clintons. And I, I didn't understand the Trump body count hashtag. I mean, at least like the Clinton body count thing, like Epstein was close with Bill Clinton and like, yes, people around the Clintons have tended to commit suicide at an alarming rate. But like the Trump, was it was the Trump body count hashtag just like a nuh-uh you from the Democrats or like what was their conspiracy? I didn't even like understand what their conspiracy theory was. I think that's really what it was. It was the the like no you, this no is, you. Actually, this is Trump's fault. Like it was there's a lot of finger pointing, and I think that was part of you know the uh, the Democrats way of just like not getting the joke or not having fun with it and just taking it so seriously that you have to immediately throw it back on Trump because everything, anything bad that happens in America during the Trump presidency is automatically Trump's fault, no matter what it is. So I, I think uh, it's a classic tale of, of not being able to take the joke. I mean, man, like my parents, just a couple straight up boomers were sending me hilarious memes. I mean, like, this is, like, if boomers were, like, getting the joke and, and having fun with it, like, we all should have just come together and laughed at this. But, alas, we can't have nice things anymore. Uh, let, let's turn to uh, uh, some very frustrating news of the week as well. Obviously, the left is in full commie gun-grabber mode, as they always are after every mass shooting. It's extremely disturbing how many Republicans are getting on board the uh, commie gun-grabber train uh, this time around, though, it is really disturbing. They're all pushing for more federal red flag laws is what they're calling them. Uh, we'll, we'll dive into it. But first, explain what these proposed red flag laws would do. Yeah, red flag laws would, um, depending on which one you um, you know, buy into, would allow, you know, authorities to not only increase their tracking of the population, but also do so under the guise of protecting everyone else from these potential mass murders. So red flag laws would prevent or take guns out of the hands of people who exhibit signs or symptoms of some kind of temperament or or mental illness that would uh, uh, maybe result in them committing you know, acts of atrocity with their weapons that they either currently own or wish to own. So they would, you know, either you're preventing someone from obtaining firearms or you're taking their firearms away from them. So this is scary in, you know, two reasons, because A, that's gun confiscation, and B, that's mass surveillance. Because the only way you're going to, you know, have enough data for a judge to rule in favor of limiting these folks' gun rights is by watching their social media feeds, reading their messages, listening to their phone calls, and then having their friends and family turn on them and report all of this to, to, you know, the authorities, which, I mean, that's, that's a two-pronged thing that conservatives and Republicans are traditionally against. Mass surveillance of the populace, government overreach, and gun grabbing. So these are two two major issues that suddenly everyone's okay with now because we had two tragedies in a row over one weekend and I'm from Dayton. Like my parents knew people who were at the bar. I believe they knew one of the poor kids who, who was killed. Um, I've been in the Oregon district. You know, I know folks who were there at the time 
And even to me, it's just, it's just silly that this is the next step Republicans are taking. Of course, Democrats are going to, you know, go for the gun grab angle, of course. But the fact that Republicans are now falling for this and, and conservatives, uh, it's, it's worrying and disheartening. And a few of the usual suspects, you know, that have been weak on guns in the past, guys like uh, Lindsey Graham and uh, Marco Rubio, um, you know, I it's not that surprising from these guys. But how about a guy like Dan Crenshaw of Texas, who a lot of, you know, young conservatives love right now? He's kind of the, the new thing. It was Nikki Haley for a while. Now it's Dan Crenshaw. Um, he is co-sponsoring a red flag uh, bill. So it's like, man, it's it's so strange, man. These people are coming out of the woodwork. People that you wouldn't expect to go soft on the Second Amendment are going soft on the Second Amendment. It's it's just it's I couldn't be more disappointed in the Republican Party right now. It is sad to see Crenshaw going this route, um, just because he is also a veteran. So he, of all people, should understand, you know, the horrible rhetoric and abusive language when it comes to um, you know reporting on and discussing firearms. Just the absolute inability for anyone you know left of center to accurately describe any kind of weapon that has been used in the shooting ever or any kind of weapon that exists that civilians can own um it's it's sad to see you know crenshaw kind of falling for this and and co-sponsoring this legislation i mean i'm a little bit torn when it comes to to the mental health aspect just because uh you know i know folks who who you know might be mentally unstable and and you know they they maybe you know shouldn't have guns because they've expressed an interest in using guns to harm themselves you know that's that's a little bit you know a a gray area for me personally um but i don't necessarily think legislation is the way to do that i would more be uh, you know i would encourage folks that to be handed handled you know within their families you know if you know, you know, your your siblings, your parents, your your relatives of handling that, you know, within the family. And there's also, you know, various mental health agencies that that deal with this kind of thing. So uh, even in regards to that, I don't think legislation is the proper route to take here. And and it is upsetting that folks like Dan Crenshaw seem to be very gung ho about this all of a sudden. Yeah, I, I I agree with you 100. percent And you know, with the with the you know the mentally ill point, look, the left is great at packaging these bad ideas, right? They're they're way better at messaging than Republicans are. Um, so I mean, Republicans are signing onto this too, but you know, just traditionally, the left has always been better at packaging these these horrible proposals. And they say, yeah, you, you really want mentally unstable people to have guns, and everybody's like, well, no. But you know. If you're a statist who just loves the federal government, I guess that can be pretty persuasive. But I, I do not trust the state to define mentally ill. I mean, we the Democratic Party already calls us mentally ill because we're conservatives. I mean, they, they, they call us evil and mentally handicapped because we, you know, we're on the right. So and what does mentally ill mean? Somebody who takes Xanax? You know what I mean? Like, I know a ton of people take Xanax. Can they not own guns now? Are they going to have their guns taken away? How about somebody that took Xanax five years ago? How about somebody that took an antidepressant 15 years ago? Like, what about a woman that had, you know, uh, 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 whatever it's called, after you have a baby, you're depressed for a while? That. <laughs> uh, does she have her gun taken away? You know? 
some little five foot tall woman that needs a gun in her purse to to prevent her from being raped. You know, like we're taking her gun away because she was depressed for a month after having a baby. You know, like so who's defining this? Who's defining mentally ill? I'll tell you what, I do not trust the state to define that. Absolutely not. Um, I think this is more of like a systemic issue of, you know, what should be handled by the federal government and more and more conservatives, quote unquote, conservatives and Republicans are leaning into, oh, the federal government should be handling more and more things, which is antithetical to conservatism's roots. And of course, you know, the left and the states are all for more and more government intervention. Um, and that's just that's just not something that we should or can abide by. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And on, on the last show, uh, last Wednesday, um, a member of the audience asked me just, you know, what should we be doing to uh, uh, you know prevent mass shootings? And look, I, I, I don't support any gun laws. We have something like 13,000 federal gun laws on the books. I think every single one of them should be repealed. I don't believe in any restrict restrictions on the second amendment. I mean that literally I, I, people, a lot of people think I'm being sarcastic or, or being tongue in cheek here, but I, I think if I can afford it, I should be able to buy a tank. I should be able to buy a, a fighter jet. I believe individuals and corporations should be able to own tactical nuclear weapons. I'm being completely serious. Um, so that, that's me. And so I don't think there's any legislative fix and I don't want any more gun laws. Um, but I mean, look, like I think 42 out of the last 43, uh, mass shooters, grew up without a father in the home right <laughs> i mean that's like you're gonna tell me that had nothing to do with it so like i answered that question by saying like what can we do i don't know go to church i mean hang out with your neighbors i mean if you're a guy and you knock up a girl like get married and stick around i mean like little things like that i mean like why were there no mass shootings in the 50s i don't know because we were all because we were a moral and religious people you know we all grew up with two parents in the household back then i mean i think that's the key i mean that sounds like an oversimplification but that's the only way out of this mess, man. It's not. We're not going to legislate our way out. We're not going to ban our way out. You know, we're not going to rip up the Constitution and expect that to, to make us safer or something. It just it starts at the home. It starts in your community. I mean, like people don't hang out with their neighbors anymore, man. Like most people don't know their neighbors. Like go meet your neighbors. Go hang out. Go to church. You know, go to synagogue. Whatever. Like you know, raise your kids. Like be a good father and a good husband. How about that? Like that is what present, prevents mass shootings, not bad legislation. Yeah, definitely a sense of community needs to be reinstated into America, American society, just in general. I mean, people are, especially in this time of, you know, people are scared. They're, you know, fearful even of their neighbors. So, um, you know, fight that fire with, you know, a different kind of fire. Go out and and meet your neighbors. Hang out. Like you said, go to church. Um, All these things. Reintroduce a little bit of structure to the American family, American society. And, uh, you know what? Sometimes, sometimes, you know, there isn't a guy around, there isn't a man in the house, but you know, there, there, you know, there's teachers, there are, you know, know, big brother, big sister, you know, these kinds of, of mentoring programs where, you know, you can't, you can't really replace, you know, a father figure, but you can still be there for, for these kids. And, you know, you can recognize the signs of, of, you know, a young, guy or girl who's struggling and uh you know teachers can can take advantage of their position and you know try and mentor these kids there there are other programs and i think that a more focus if there's any legislation that's going to happen it's going to need to be some kind of system that you know allows teachers or or you know other other 
other mentor-like figures to take a bigger role in, in kids' lives. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, a great way to bond with your community is to uh, shoot guns. <laughs> it is a very fun yeah. activity. So, uh, you know, if you want to get to know your neighbors, everybody's go out, buy an AR-15, find some private land, go shoot a bunch of squirrels. Mm-hmm. You know, they're yeah. uh, easy, yeah, to, basic easy to... Time, basic e- gun? Yeah. You know, go shoot some targets, shoot some animals, shoot a deer. Venison's delicious. And uh, it's, we're coming up on deer season. So that's a great way to bond with your family and your community. Go buy more guns, ladies and gentlemen. But uh, look... Let's change gears here a little bit and talk about what happens when uh, you have a population that has been disarmed and uh, lives in the kind of state where, you know, let's say somebody like Bernie Sanders advocates for. uh, I'm talking about China specifically right now. There are huge protests going on in Hong Kong currently. Um, Protesters have occupied the Hong Kong airport. Um, They've canceled something like 1,100 flights today. Um, the Chinese military, I, I saw a terrifying video um, just this morning. The Chinese military sent in hundreds and hundreds of military vehicles closing in on these protesters. Um, it could get really ugly, man. It, from, look, I don't, I'm no China expert by any stretch of the imagination, so I, I can't really go into too much detail here. But communist governments uh, are not a big fan of uh, uh, protests, <laughs> okay? Like people peacefully protest, well, not even peacefully. I mean, people riot across America whenever they want and the government doesn't really do anything to them. That's not the case in China. It's really looking like these communists are about to slaughter a whole bunch of civilians again, man. Yeah, it's uh, the situation is getting hairy, um, especially because the Chinese state-controlled media has begun calling the protesters terrorists. They're right. saying they're committing terrorist acts against the Hong Kong police while all the while Hong Kong police are, you know, shooting unarmed protesters and journalists with rubber bullets and paintballs and beanbags and tear gas and feeding them with batons. And they're allowing, um, you know, triads to roll in and beat up, you know, protesters as well, which is so wild to me that, you know, organized criminals are now aiding and abetting police to take on protesters. And I, I'm, I really don't see the reasoning there where, why and how, you know, the triads which is you know the chinese version of the mafia how they're getting like what what are they going to get out of hong kong being more connected with the chinese mainland like how does that work like i thought you know you'd think that the triad would do they just want a bigger market to serve like a bigger black market to serve is that that what the idea is there i don't know but yeah i also saw this video of just hundreds and hundreds of vans full of of supplies and paramilitary forces rolling into um, Shenzhen, which is the province outside of Hong Kong. Um, and you, you know, you assume all of those will soon be transported into the city. And that is terrifying because we all know what happened at the, you know, Tiananmen massacre, you know, it was called a massacre for a reason. And uh, I really, the, the scary thing is, you know, mainly in China, they, the average citizen isn't going to know, what's going on in Hong Kong. They don't know that there's a massive protest and almost, you know, borderline uprising against the Chinese government because it's state-controlled media, state-controlled internet. Any mention of, you know, a Hong Kong protest or a Tiananmen massacre and their internet gets cut out. You know, they they aren't allowed to see those kinds of things. So they, they have no idea what's going on. They don't understand the nanny state, like surveillance state that they're in. 
and these these young protesters, the thousands, hundreds of thousands of them, are you know really participating in one of the largest and most important demonstrations of civil disobedience that could lead to democracy. I think this century has seen so far. Yeah, I mean, if these if these protests are effective, and uh, the Chinese people gain some freedom, I mean, that would be the the, the greatest win for liberty since the fall of the Soviet Union, and it probably would even be more important than the fall of the Soviet Union. And But let's not forget, I mean, this is a brutal, brutal genocidal regime. I mean, the Chinese Communist Party perpetrated the, the largest genocide in human history. I mean, they killed more people than Genghis Khan. I mean, think about that. They killed more people than Genghis Khan. I mean, Mao killed more people than Hitler, Stalin, Mussolini, Castro, and Pol Pot combined. Killed somewhere between 80 and 90 million people. Nobody really knows. So this this Chinese Communist Party has a long history of slaughtering uh, civilians indiscriminately. So I don't know, man. I mean, just praying for, yeah. for these processors' safe, safety. But uh, I mean, it could. I, I I don't have a good feeling about it, man. I, I think this is going to get really ugly, really bloody. But um, you know, we'll wait and see what happens. Yeah, I, I just one other thought on on China before we wrap it up. Obviously, these are huge protests. We're talking about hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people, maybe millions, across China protesting. You know, I, I wonder. I wonder if the Chinese government will be weakened a little bit um, by by these. If the Chinese economy will be weakened a little bit by these protests, even if they aren't um, eventually successful. Um, I wonder if it'll put a little bit more pressure on the Chinese government. To, to give a little bit on these ongoing economic talks with the Trump administration. I mean, I, I know neither one of us are, are experts on, on China, but I, I wonder, you know, if uh, these protests might compel the, the Chinese Communist Party to, you know, because they're not really giving up much. They're not willing to bend very much in these economic talks. I wonder if they could be pressured a little bit more um, with the civil unrest in their own country. I think if Trump leans in on this situation a little bit and you know starts to use language supporting the hong kong protesters supporting hong kong independence um and you know almost threatens u.s aid to these supporters i think china might be a little bit willing but that also might just aggravate you know china iran and russia and and you know even a lot of supporters here in the u.s um who would support you know hong kong even though folks here in the u.s would support you know hong kong independence and democracy in Hong Kong, they don't necessarily want the United States getting involved. Right. Just because, you know, we're not the world's police. That's not really our job. Right. So, yeah, man, in I... order to get, you know, some kind of trade deal done, maybe. That's a that's a fat maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think I'm on the same page. It was just kind of an afterthought to, to seeing all this. You know, obviously there's a lot <laughs> in play here, but we'll we'll wait and see. And uh, obviously, we had to mention it. We're not a, just another disclaimer. We are no China experts, so take everything we just said with a grain, grain of salt. So, all right, I gotta, I gotta wrap it up, man. Thanks so much for coming on again. I'm sure you'll be back on soon. Uh, where can everybody uh, find you online and read your stuff and keep in touch with you and all that good shit? Yeah, thanks for having me. It's always a great time to be on the podcast. You guys can uh, follow me on Twitter at Sears Al, and uh, I'm often seen in the Washington Examiner and uh, Daily Caller for articles. Everybody follow Alec. He's great. Um, That's all I got for today. I'm Brady Leonard. I'll be back on Wednesday. No gimmicks.